Welcome to the Pregnancy Loss Podcast, the place I created for moms like us. Pregnancy loss is all-encompassing and creates an overarching theme that runs through our lives forever. We have to learn to live with and beside the grief of losing our baby. We have to learn how to live again, how to parent again, how to engage and interact and be social again, how to communicate effectively to connect with our spouses and significant others. We have to find who we are now. I'm here to empower and inspire you to live a life even with our unique circumstances. We cannot change what happened, but we can grow and use that strength and resilience to create a life that we love. I'm here to share everything I know about grief, motherhood, loss, marriage, friendship, and parenting. I'm here to encourage you to find the beautiful side of grief, the side where we don't have to isolate ourselves or suppress the need to share stories, the side where you have moms just like you to support and encourage you. The side where we become the best versions of ourselves, not in spite of our loss, but thanks to it. Pregnancy loss is devastating, but it can also be an opportunity to reflect on who we were and who we want to become. So join me every Tuesday for a new episode on the Pregnancy Loss Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey friend, I'm so glad you're here. Today we're going to talk about anxiety around birth options after loss. After you lose a baby, it's kind of, um, there's a lot of conflicting emotions and feelings. Um, when I lost Evelyn and I was pregnant and I became pregnant with Emmett, um, the doctor, well, the midwife group that I went to see is the same one that I saw when I was pregnant with Evelyn. I stayed with them up until about the 32nd week of my pregnancy with Emmett, my rainbow baby. And, but I can tell you that entire time I was full of anxiety. I was going to MFM. So maternal fetal medicine for the extra, um, extra ultrasounds and, um, non-stress tests and blood tests and things like that. And, I just, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to give birth there. And I've been having this feeling the whole time. Um, After losing Evelyn, I realized that I have so much trouble making decisions. And so the anxiety around not being able to make those decisions was really high. Um, It was so uncomfortable and scary and... Some days I just feel like, felt like I just couldn't breathe and I felt like nobody was listening to me and what I wanted and nobody was understanding what I was feeling. And sometimes you just give up trying to explain yourself. Um, so uh, with me, um, before loss, so I had... Kaliana and Violet, they were my first two babies, both vaginal deliveries, both perfectly fine and healthy. Um, In the middle of Violet's pregnancy, though, at about, I want to say between 16 and 18 weeks, we went in for an ultrasound and the doctor said that she had a, um, some sort of heart problem. I don't really remember details anymore. Or I just blocked them out because he just completely terrified me and I had no idea what to do. Um, So after that, he said that um, I would come back between 20 and 24 weeks and he couldn't make a a 
final diagnosis until then because she just wasn't developed enough. So then I'm waiting, you know, six weeks, a month and a half almost to figure out if my baby is going to live or die after I give birth. Um, it was insanely traumatic and I didn't know it in the moment. I just knew that I was sad. I was grieving, you know, for the potential life that my daughter wouldn't have and the life that we wouldn't have without her. Um, it was scary. Um, you also have to think like, depending on your views, um, it'll be controversial no matter what I say, but if my child doesn't have a life and won't be able to live a life outside of being outside of birth, I, I believe that we have the choice for abortions. That's not for everybody and that's fine. Um, but that's kind of how I was thinking at the time. But then I'm like, if I go past a certain point, I could never do that. So I had no choices. Like to me, I felt like I had no choice. So the next appointment comes and he tells me that she's perfectly fine. Her heart is perfectly fine. And it's, it's a really fine line with medical care because they can be wrong. And God, it was just so hard. I just, it was terrible. Okay. Anyways, with Evelyn, I really wanted to have a non-medicated birth. I wanted to go into labor on my own and that kind of thing. Um, I finally did. This was the first time I ever went into labor on my own. Um, all the other times I had to be induced because the girls would go past 41 weeks. And, oh, excuse me. My body actually did go on labor with Evelyn. But almost as soon as I started labor, she died. And I didn't necessarily know it then, but I think subconsciously I did know. I knew something was off. I knew something was wrong, but it wasn't a concern. You know, it wasn't something that I had a history with it. I, I didn't believe that I could, that my baby could die. Like, cause it just wasn't, I had no experience with it. Um, then with Emmett and Bodie, Emmett, I actually did get to have my, perfect ideal birth. My body went to labor on its own. I got to go to a beautiful birth center where it was just me, my doula, my fam, my kids, my husband. Well, and like three midwives, two midwives and a, a midwife, like, um, intern. And, um, I did it unmedicated and it went, you know, so fast. It was, it was wonderful. And then with Bodie, it was a, it was so, such a hard pregnancy, probably because I'm older in age. Um, I am bigger, so just my body's heavy, but it was so heavy with him. I feel like my, after five babies, I mean, obviously stuff has stretched out, but I felt like he was so heavy. I had to like hold my belly and I had, I had way more anxiety around Bodie than I did Emmett. And Emmett was the one, you know, my birth right after Evelyn. So I always thought that was weird. Um, but yeah, the, um, with Bodhi, I did have a vaginal birth, but I did, um, I got an epidural and everything else. Cause I'm like, screw it. This is my last one. 
I am not ready to feel this way. I was just not prepared to give birth. His um, fluid was so low. It was like one centimeter, one little pocket of fluid down from eight, which is like low normal. So um, I had to be induced, which if you know me, you know I hate inductions. The Pitocin is the worst. My doctor literally tried telling me that there is a difference between Pitocin contractions and regular labor contractions. Guys, when people tell me that kind of stuff, that's when I question their medical degree, honestly. Um, so the outcomes of all my births, my first two, I was just unknowing. I didn't know much. In 2013 and 2015, we didn't have all this crazy social media and all these people telling you what to do all the time. And you just kind of went with the flow and you listened to your doctors and that was about it. But as I had more babies, I realized, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Time for my afternoon nap. But we just kind of listened to our doctors, went with the flow didn't really question anything, just kind of did it. Um, it's so different now. Another point um, of the topic today is the shame. I felt so much shame for feeling like I was choosing the wrong thing. I, I feel, I feel like I'm always being judged for the choices that I'm making, which makes no sense because unless I tell somebody, they don't know. Um, but I just have this innate shame in me because I couldn't make a decision, especially uh, this time with Bodhi. Um, I was not happy about my provider. I didn't feel supported. I didn't feel cared about. I didn't feel any type of compassion. And just like comfortableness with your, with the, with the provider. I just wasn't, it wasn't working. And it was so hard to find another provider that would take the insurance. So I ended up staying. It ended up being okay because I got one of the, um, OBs that I didn't even meet yet in the practice and I really liked her. So that was fine. Um, yeah. And then another thing that a lot of women struggle with is the lack of options because of their insurance or their finances. I mean, have you guys seen a hospital bill? It's insane. And I think it's insane because you can literally get them if you talk to billing or whatever to completely decrease, decrease your bill if you can't pay for it. Like if you're you know, lower income or whatever, then why the hell are we paying for it in the first place? It was crazy to me when I was in Washington and I gave birth at the birth center and it costs more than a hospital birth. I thought that birth centers and midwives and stuff were supposed to be cheaper. Um, but that's not the case either. I mean, I went from TRICARE, which is um, active duty military insurance, to the state insurance in Illinois. And let me just tell you, it sucks. Uh, you know, people complain about TRICARE, but TRICARE 
is amazing and you can pretty much get whatever doctor that you want. You can get any of the care that you need. And I just couldn't, I couldn't believe the problems that I had because of the insurance that I had. I wasn't used to it. I wasn't used to being told, sorry, we don't take it. I mean, it was crazy. And so, of course, there's anxiety around birth options because you either can't afford to pay out of pocket or your insurance doesn't cover it. And after you've had a loss, you really want to choose. You want to you want to have that sense of control um, with your birth options in hopes that you can control also your birth outcome. Um, the other the other part of this anxiety around birth options after loss is having to choose between two options you don't want. Like I said, my insurance wouldn't let me choose my provider. I basically had to go to the one um, clinic or I should say um, practice around me. And I had to choose one of the OBs in that office, even though I didn't want any of them. How can we have a stress-free birth a, a soft, you know, calm, peaceful birth when we are uncomfortable with our providers. And the only reason we have those providers is because we don't have any other options. It's 2023 and we are being told that we have to go to a hospital instead of a birth center or give birth at home. I really wanted to give birth in my whirlpool, in my bedroom. How nice would that have been? I went into labor while I'm in bed, go into my tub, have my baby, go back to my bed. Like, I think that's how it should be. Like, if that's what you want, some people prefer hospitals and that's so good. That's wonderful. Um, but even having a home birth comes with tremendous amount of cost unless you're doing it unassisted, which I was too scared because of my loss to do that. Um, but you have to pay for the midwife. You have to pay for your doula and um, like the tub if you need one, just different supplies, things like that. And then a trip to the hospital after you have the baby, depending on what you choose to do. The other thing that gave me so much anxiety was like I kind of talked about before, the fear of making the wrong choice. So not just the shame for feeling like I was choosing the wrong thing, but the fear of making the wrong choice and having a bad birth, having a bad outcome, having an uncomfortable birth with providers I don't feel good with. So much fear and fear is the last thing that we want in a labor room. So that really, really sucked. And then Of course, after loss, you have the fear of something bad happening. And like I kind of mentioned with Emmett, honestly, right after um, losing Evelyn, I didn't experience as much anxiety as I did with the second baby after my loss. I'm not sure why. I don't know if there's, you know, information on that, but... The anxiety is like, unlike anything that I've ever experienced. 
I had the most intrusive thoughts and they would happen all the time. I would think, oh my God, my whole family's going to die. Like if John takes them to the park, they're going to get in a car accident. They're going to die. They're going to get kidnapped if they ride their bike to school without us. Like, but my brain, my brain would give me pictures with those thoughts. Like, you know, it actually happening and it was just scary. And then I would spiral like, oh my God, what are they going to do without me if I die? What if I die during this birth? Like my husband's greatest, my husband's greatest fear is losing me. And you can die in childbirth. It's not a given that you get to go home with your baby and both of you get to go home. Sometimes the baby dies. Sometimes the mom dies. Sometimes they both die. And it's not talked about because why the fuck would anybody want to talk about it? I get it. It's devastating. It's literally, it's the biggest tragedy I've ever heard of. We were meant to give birth and give life. And the fact that ours can be taken and our babies can be taken. It's tragedy. I think it's the definition of tragedy. And irony. Because we don't, we've never, our society tries really hard to hide death. Um, and birth and death run alongside each other like nothing else. If you think about it, we're always teetering on the edge of death. I mean, <laughs> we are, we're humans. We are so, we are honestly delicate. And it's crazy. It's crazy that we're able to have and give life, but that it also gets taken away. That anxiety, the, the fear of having something bad happening. If you're experiencing that, I want you to try something. It's something I've talked about in um, actually probably a few episodes of my podcast because it works. But as soon as I realize I'm having those intrusive thoughts and I start ruminating, like I can't let it go. I'm thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. I literally say, stop, Valen, stop. I say it out loud to myself. Yes, I talk to myself when I need to. But it's a hard stop. And it kind of like shocks my brain. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I was in my brain doing this over and over again. But it works. And it allows your body to stop going through the motions of those feelings. Even though you might not feel it, your body, when you're, when you're thinking those intrusive thoughts and those scary things, your body's tense. A you know, your chest or your neck or your belly could be like tight and just scared and your body feels it too. Just like that book, The Body Keeps the Score. Another, it's a really great book. Can't remember the author's name. Apologize for that. But the trauma that you've experienced from loss 
is stored in your body if you have not worked it through. Um, so those are just kind of my thoughts around all the anxiety that I have felt around my birth options, especially this time around. Um, it could be different if you haven't experienced loss because it's that component's not there, like worrying about dying and that type of thing. But anxiety around birth options is a real thing. That's why you see women nowadays finally like getting doulas and doing their research and writing out their birth plans super detailed as much as they can, even though it might not happen, they do their best to have a plan. And that's all we could ever ask for. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have, I mean, if you have experienced anxiety around your birth options that you had, um, I would love to hear about it. You can um, leave it in the comments of the podcast, or you can email me at info.valenweb at gmail.com. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Pregnancy Loss Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I created a guide on 20 ways to celebrate your angel baby. It gives you 20 amazing ways to celebrate their birthdays or ways to just remember them on any given day. If you want to download it, head over to valenweb.com resources and click the link. I hope you guys have a great week. See you next time.